Warning, this episode of the Saints FC podcast contains swearing. Magalhaes to Stokes, who's onside! Wagner! Here's Sims. It's a good serve this from Southampton. They could finish the job here. It's Shane Long, and he has done it! Just a minute to play. A stoppage time. Here's Letizia! Hello and welcome to episode 61 of the Saints FC podcast and I am pleased to say that we have invited the Pirate of St Mary's back onto the Saints FC podcast um, after his trip all the way to Sri Lanka I believe. How are you William? Is it good to be back? Yeah I'm I'm really good. I'm really tanned. Sorry to rub it into all you disgusting grey skinned Englishmen but yeah I am. Uh, and and women, of course, yes, you know, women can have grey skin as well. <laughs> you wouldn't <laughs> said want to Alan Partridge. That. Yeah. I lit- I've just literally just come back and binged Alan Partridge as well. So that's that, that, that's my in my defence. That it's not me. It's Alan, Alan Partridge talking. That's probably quite dangerous to be going and recording a, a podcast with that. But anyway, let's try and do this anyway. <laughs> William, you need to be quick, don't you? You've got you've got childrearing duties or something like that. You I've know, got I've lined got, up in the next kind of about forty minutes. Yeah, jet lag, jet lag babies, jet lag, everything, jet lag, jet lag. So, anyway, last time we had a Saints FC podcast, it was just before a run of three fixtures, um, and this time it's just after a run of three fixtures in which Saints have beaten Fulham two 0 at home, lost three to Old Trafford, and beaten Spurs two one at home. Mm-hmm. Should we should we start very quickly with the Fulham match? I mean, it's a little while back, but um, yeah, yeah, can sure, you remember so. anything about it? Well, what I can remember is probably being. Um, do you know what I think? Yeah, I was a, I was away, obviously, and that's a great place to be. Be away, and and thinking about Southampton with you know the sun in your back. It's the only way to do it. I found out. I've learned the hard way. That's the way to follow Southampton, uh, thousands of miles away, and. It was it was great because it was very much a do or die, wasn't it? It was the in fact I can actually remember um, thinking about this as I got off the plane at Colombo with zero hours sleep on the plane and going this is a huge match, but my jet lag is worse and we've we have we done it we've won Jesus actual Christ. Because Cardiff, you know, that was just horrendous. Couldn't believe that was even possible for that to happen. And then Fulham, I, I was, I'm pretty sure on our WhatsApp group, I was, nah, we're not going to do it. Something's going to happen. Ref's going to go against us. Blah blah blah. But wow, we did it. It, it. it was, it was almost, and and it was really job done as well, wasn't it? It was really professional performance. I mean, you probably actually watched the match. So you've probably got more actual insight into it than I have. But my initial emotional gut reaction was, really, was that we just won 2-0? I would say, so we didn't concede in like the last, you know, 30 seconds and then lose it or draw it in the last 25 seconds, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I did that actual yes watching the match. And it, it was quite strange because it felt comfortable 
at times, but then also a little bit uncomfortable as well. And there's a couple of times when we let Mitrovic get behind behind the line. But when you watch it back and, um, you know, as with any Saints victory, I watch it over and over and over again and the highlights. <laughs> It, it did look like a comfortable victory. And then all the write-ups were like, oh, you know, Southampton cruised this. It was a must-win game, but actually it was like, you know, an easily won game. And of course, it, it was the end of Ranieri as well. And I remember the commentator yeah. was just baffled by his substitutions. And and, and to be honest, well, I was, you know, with the commentator on that, um, Ranieri made a couple of subs and actually made Fulham less dangerous than they were beforehand. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And yeah. You know, but uh, we had Romeo scoring that goal from you know outside the box, a bit of a scuffed shot and a little yeah, bit of deflection scuffed, going in. Yeah, yeah. So has he broken his ankle? No, he hasn't, and he scored. Wow, amazing! Yeah, yeah. and then uh, we had James Will Prowse as well following oh, in on the rebound. Christ, yeah. And I really, you know, really enjoyed that goal. It's the kind of goal where the amount of times I've looked at Saints and just thought, we need someone following in in the box. Why is it always that you know other mm. teams score against us when their attackers react quicker than our defenders? And James Will Prowse was there doing it. Yeah, attacking in numbers going forward. I mean, uh, should we probably talk about James Will Prowse later uh, when I've um, got the ch- the Kleenex available? That was a terrible reference, but um, is that he, because he, it's, he's so good he makes you cry? Presumably. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's yeah. exactly it, mate. That's yeah. exactly it. Um, he's just a phenomenal, phenomenal player. But that that Fulham goal, yeah, it's like you know when you have players bursting into the box with aggression and purpose. It's oh, is it that simple? Yeah, it, it is actually, especially against teams that have absolutely no idea on how to play at this level. I mean, watching them yesterday or this morning, this afternoon, I can't remember on match of the day, Fulham. This is I, I couldn't yeah. believe it. I absolutely couldn't believe how shambolic they are. And I mean, it, it's if yeah, if we hadn't beaten that, then forget about it. But, I mean. I- I, I do love the naivety, naivety of which they approached the game at St Mary's and the fact that, you know, you saw what Cardiff did. If you put 11 men behind the ball, we really, really struggle uh, to break you down and you will get a chance yep. against us because we're not totally solid. And Fulham just, you know, they took the possession, they attacked us, they committed men forward and, you know, time and time again, Saints have really good attacks. Um, mm. On James Will Prowse as well, I mean, I think we could probably do a whole kind of like five-hour episode on the James Easily. Ward Prowse appreciation but my favourite thing from that game wasn't necessarily the goal but did you see that crunching challenge he did oh yeah 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 oh, absolutely he just like flew in won the ball back got the player out of the way and it's just like that that just typifies the James Ward Prowse that Ralph Hassan Hootel has created mm. he's created a monster he's created a beast <laughs> all-round player it's like um I think your brother James uh who has done this mine and tom spot um many times said that um in the little group we have and he was absolutely eulogizing about how absolutely fantastic that was for him the moment of the match and i i agree completely with him but it is it is the i don't know what the hell he's put in his water like or is on his weetabix um but harson hootel has sprinkled some kind of freakish potion all over his diet because he he's going into tackles and winning them He's not getting sent off or booked careless challenges. They are professional, wonderfully timed challenges. They're like fully focused. I mean, his free kicks at the moment. But hell, you know, he's under 21. I think it was sorry, under 23 goal he scored um, this season when he was being put on the back burner by Hughes. And it's like a 40-yard free kick into the top left-hand corner. And when I saw that, I was like, but that's impossible. No one can do that. 
and then he then he, he just keep, he keeps doing it and he and obviously Harson Hoos was like yeah we've got something here and I, but having said that like we've how many how many times has Tom been on this show or or you've spoken about oh James Ward Prowse he could play right back you know we, we should modify him as a right back or, or whatever we should where does he go what do you do with James Ward Prowse it, it's mental to think that like now what's he done though like how has Harson Hootle how has James Ward Prowse what has happened how have they managed to create this beast who scored six in nine who's scored in different ways and created through like so many beautiful through balls assists everything he's like literally it's not it taken a season it's like taken three months to suddenly become this rounded player um did he always have that was it always in his locker or is Harson Hootle just sprinkle something on his Weetabix you know it's weird I mean I think he has always had it you know we've always known that he's had great technical ability he's shown these flashes of brilliance and it is just that adding that aggression to his game has just transformed him you know it's Mm. made him that complete player and now you're looking at at the Saints games and and you know he's going to be there in the middle of the central midfield because He's our talisman at the moment. It's, it's incredible. <laughs> I can't believe I know, it. But, know, you know, know. it's it just was, it was, yeah. absolutely wonderful to see. And, you know, how, like, just on that one thing alone, I mean, how valuable is that, that Ralph Hassan, who has, has managed to instill in just a few months? Just I know, so but, fantastic. But it, what I'm really shocked about, not necessarily shocked, but bamboozled by, is the fact that he has, it's almost like um, that age-old, uh, phrase you know we've we've got a, a new signing you know because he has come out of nowhere in uh, yeah like you said he's got the technical ability he's always had that we've always known that he's like under Gareth Southgate for the under 21s he's always been able to perform but it's the inconsistency and it's and he's played left right center wherever all over the pitch and it hasn't quite clicked I don't know whether someone said to him like look mate this is your last chance because I doubt it because I don't think Saints are that kind of club especially with our youth youth players but it's just uh, I, I i just cannot fathom it uh, but either way i whether i can or can't fathom it it's a wonderful thing to see isn't it i mean just beautiful from either following up a goal uh, in the six yard box or just cracking one into the top left yeah. corner as if it's just no no fucking problem at all it's just beautiful and I, I was always looking at Hoiberg going like, he's the guy from midfield, you know. Yeah. He's he's the guy that's going to the change matches for us. And James Will Prowse is now that. It, yeah, he's, it, this, he's, he's overshadowing him at the moment, yeah, which is just quite astonishing. A season of so many surprises, right? Crazy. Right. We need to move on from James Will Prowse because we're going to mention him at least twice more in this podcast <laughs> before we get through to yeah. the end of it. So let's move on to the game against Old Trafford. Um I think a lot of us were quite disappointed if you think of the previous big six game before that when we played away to Arsenal didn't really show up didn't really provide very much Um, and you would have thought that actually that performance that we had against Man United if we'd done that against almost any other team you know Man United being the informed team at the moment Mm. um, you know obviously let's not include this uh, weekend's loss to Arsenal but you know it was amazing to see Saints going to Old Trafford, being aggressive, wanting to win. And then, you know, out of nowhere, you know, Jan Valery with a screamer Jesus. against <laughs> arguably one of the best goalkeepers in the league. And, you know, De Gea does get a hand to it, but my word, he can't keep mm. it out because it's such a rocket. 
I think it's a, a total underestimating of of Jan Valerie because, to be fair, like it, you know, if you're coaching your team, setting them up against Southampton, then you'd be aware that Valerie is a live wire down the right, and you know you wouldn't want to underestimate him. But there's absolutely no evidence prior to that match that he's got that in his locker. So, so maybe De Gea is thinking like, right, he's going to play a, a, a through ball here, something, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then just to smash it like that into the top right, you know, Coco, Coco Martinez style. It's like, okay, uh, yikes. <laughs> what? Like, it's just, again, it's just like, uh, Hassan Hootl has created this absolute, you know, conundrum because... We we didn't have it's, Cedric is gone. Uh, yeah. Okay, right. Uh, Valerie is like a fourteen-year-old child in his little jogging pants. Uh, we don't know what he's capable of. Suddenly, he's screaming it past De Gea, and like, and you've got James Ward Prowse now. It's it's fantastic, absolutely so inspiring. But um, but I've got I've got to be like a little bit bitchy though because I think it was bit naive of Saints in that match. I think I think we could have got something out of that. Okay, obviously, yeah, you're not going to go to Old Trafford and, you know, get the roll of the dice, luck of the, rub of the green, rather, with <laughs> with, with the referees in this Premier League. Oh, yeah, I, was, I mean, we could talk about the two Bertrands, yeah. penalty shouts. Joke, absolute yeah. goddamn joke. And it's like, you know, the refereeing this weekend... Um, I don't oh, know. I've, what, I've got a special uh, section for Kevin Friend later. Okay. Let's, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's stick to the United match. But yeah, I mean, it's just like that. Yeah. Valerie, fantastic, beautiful goal. De Gea didn't expect it, and neither did any of us, let's be frank, you know. Um, and then obviously, Man United do what Man United do two goals in quick succession with Pereira, yeah. who curled in an absolute beauty. It was gorgeous. Um, and then Lukaku's goal was also fantastic. And you've got to say, Angus Gunn had really no chance on either of them yeah um, and like yeah sorry just to just i know this isn't a man united podcast but i i, I really admire lukaku for all the shit he's been through and and he's got beautiful feet for a big guy and hats off to him anyway i'll probably get bollocked for that but there you go <laughs> <laughs> um but you know fair play to saints they they picked themselves up after that and they didn't stop attacking either you know the game mm. they still kept the tempo up they won a, a free kick james will prowse um it was almost a replica of Cedric's free kick against Manchester United earlier in the season. Yeah, but, it, it really know. was, wasn't it? And it, it was great to just see him putting it in that top corner <laughs> from a free kick in a real-life match. You know, not an under-23 <laughs> game, not a training <laughs> yeah, video yeah. on Saints social media, but in a real-life match against real-life opposition, against a real-life very good yeah. goalkeeper. Um, mm, definitely. And I, I've got to say, so this, this score was coming in whilst we were at Tom Parker's wedding during the service bit. And uh, I did see Tom Parker's dad get a little bit excited when when we got <laughs> when we got back to TT. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's a shame. Congratulations to Tom as well. Yeah, of course. I mean it was an absolutely wonderful wedding. It really was um, <laughs> stunning. But you know, with a few Saints fans in the audience, um, yeah. there were a few people kind of like occasionally glancing at their phones during the service. But Standard. didn't take didn't take away take away from the you know beautiful romance. And of course, the excellent party and, and dinner that followed. Um, and he's in Cambodia right now as well. So yeah, hello, Cambodia hello, and Vietnam. Yeah, yeah. That, that'll work our Cambodia and Vietnam stats. Hopefully, I'm hoping he's going to listen to this whilst he's on his honeymoon. I mean, well, what else is he going to be doing? You'll have one in Sri Lanka because I was out there listening as well. So there you go. Excellent. I need to get back on those, checking out those stats. Um, 
say, you know, very upsetting that, of course, Lukaku gets the winner in the 88th minute. Mm. Um, surprise, surprise, Manchester United win a penalty. Um, yeah. You know, eesh. after we've not been given two. Although I think, you know, Stuart Armstrong was kind of, it was pretty silly there, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a schoolboy, but I mean, like, Stuart, I, I, I'm not going to give him shit for that. I, I think he's he's had an up and down season, but by and large, I think he's settling in well. And it's just enthusiasm, isn't it? And, and you know, you, you can't give players too much stick. I mean, they're desperate. They're hanging on. They're looking for penalties. It's, it's at Old Trafford. You know, it's going to happen. And... So, I mean, we come out of that game against Manchester United and it's, it's one of those things, isn't it? The the newspapers, the pundits, they love it when a plucky underdog side comes and gives a really good game and scores really good goals, but the big side wins, ultimately. Mm. And um, <laughs> so, you know... For I think that's what pro- pissed me off. Like, that's what really, really got under my skin because it was the same scoreline uh, against us when we, we lost in the um, League Cup. And I again, I was I was um, in Southeast Asia for that when we lost three two against United, and I was, I just, oh God, we, uh, United, they are really are they, our bogey team. They are literally, they are the team that we will always be a plucky team against, right? Mm. And never get shit against them unless, of course, you count to you know the Cumin days, of course. But it, it, and it just it's frustrating and it pissed me off. I think that's why I said earlier that I was a bit angry because. Yeah, we could have seen that game out. In fact, you know, we could have got all three points because we were the better team through large periods of that match. But that that's just me nitpicking. And I suppose because of the result today, we can look back and go, that's fine. It was Old Trafford. It was Man United. Forget about it. Yeah, and I, th- I think the, the way the Saints media team, the, the, the way the players, the way the manager kind of reacted to it as well, they all stuck with a very, very positive narrative. You know, yeah. it was very much, we've gone to Old Trafford, we've done really well. Mm. Um, we were very unlucky not to get the win. We scored some great goals. It was a really great game. And, you know, let's let's push on. And we had a bit of a kind of, almost like the moral victors. I mean, I can't stand being the moral victors against Manchester United. I'd actually much rather be the victors well, every yeah, time. John, there's only so many times you can to do that. Do you know what I mean? There's only so yeah. many times you can go, we, uh, we, you know, we've played really well. We've, we're un- really unlikely to come away. I don't know what impression I'm doing there, but um, I think it's just a, a generic, a gen- <laughs> generic sports fan impression. But yeah, there's only so many times you can go like, oh, it's fine. We're on the plucky underdogs. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, come on, let's let's be fucking serious here. You know, when we were under Cumin, we were really ex- an express train. We were methodical. We were professional. Going to Old Trafford, you know, getting the results, and we really all, all thought we were like going in the right direction. And it, the you know, we've dramatically. Let's not forget where we are. The wheels have dramatically fallen off. But under Harsenhut, it does feel like we're going in, this, in the right direction. And he's put his arm around a lot of players and said you know you've done really well against man united and i think yes it's the same old plucky underdog crap but it does seem like it's having an effect on the players at least the way he's saying it in his lovely deep sexy austrian way yeah and uh, and also i think the other thing as well thinking about players confidence you know valerie is going to be coming out of that game feeling confident walkhouse yeah. is going to be coming out of that game feeling confident angus gunn he, even though he's beaten three times he saved a penalty from pogba that's the last thing he's done in the game you know <laughs> yeah 
Um, and you can't really blame him for any of the three goals as well. So I think they're all they're all coming out of that feeling mm. confident. Absolutely. Um, however, we get to the game against Spurs, and the first half, you know, thinking about all mm. of that confidence, um, you know, how important the match was, knowing that like all the other teams around us, you know, had winnable games, and most of them did win them. And we just started so, so poorly. I mean, the oh, first 45 so minutes against Spurs was atrocious. But we were very lucky, you know, because Tottenham were equally as uh, profligate in front of goal as as we've been. And how many times have we been, uh, I think Brighton would probably be the example, you know, where we've been 2-0 up at half time and then just cruised the second half thinking it's absolutely fine, don't worry about it, and then paid the price. Tottenham, oh my God. You know, but obviously, yeah, Saints, I don't know where we're at. I don't, I don't know what, I don't know. I just, it's like you said, when you just said, you finish the Man United match in the dressing room, blah, 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 giving the boys a pat on the back. Look what you're capable of, taking Man United right to the wire. Fast forward to the start of the Tottenham match at home and it's like, oh, it doesn't matter. Don't worry, lads. You just, you just, you just play like, like we're on the beach here. It doesn't matter. No, no relegation fight at all. We got away with it so. Oh my God! Some of those chances from, from I mean, yeah, from well, Tottenham, unbelievable. I'm thinking probably what was the first kind of real scare was perhaps when Yoshida kind of cut the ball out the cross, they hit it <laughs> against the post, and they managed to kind of scramble it away. That was unbelievable. I was yeah. like, on another day, and now you know, example, we're away from home, that goes in the back of the net, right? Yeah. You know, it's unbelievable. I mean, ultimately, it was actually quite a good cutout because I think, you know, if he doesn't do it, Tottenham definitely score. So he's got to yeah. take the risk and it, you know, somehow pays off. Um, There's another couple of moments where I think we're kind of dillying and dallying with the ball. I think Bertrand held onto it for a little bit too long down the left at one point. Right. Which scared the life out of me. Um, <laughs> yeah, you also right. had um, uh, Ericsson hitting the crossbar from his free kick. Yes, I know. Well, Again... You know. It's, it's it's finally like okay look we've 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 really weathered a storm there that first half storm but finally we've got a bit of luck you know rubber the green fuck it I don't care sorry pirate swearing there everybody but I don't care like we were crap in the first half we were absolutely just the luckiest team I mean we're playing Spurs here for God's sake and Son was on the pitch I was absolutely terrified what he'd do to us and Harry Kane scored but. I don't know, could have scored like three or four more. Uh, and whatever Harson who did at half time, those double subs, fantastic. Yeah. But I don't know whether he's, what does he do? do? Do you think he puts those players in like a headlock? I can seriously see him in a, in a loving, <laughs> in a loving, sinister way though, you know. I can see Ralph like grabbing like Hoiberg, not necessarily Hoiberg because you wouldn't want to put him in a headlock because he'd probably just snap you for even daring to think about it. But maybe like, Maybe Valerie Bednarak. I can just think, hey, you guys, you are not doing what I. That's a Dutch accent, but you know. <laughs> and I was like, I'm playing with you, but I'm also going to destroy you if you don't sort your shit out. Well, kind of like the intimidating kind of friend in inverted commas. Yeah, exactly. I do like you, but I have got a penknife, and I am going to cut one of your vital organs. <laughs> Um, I mean, I, I, I definitely kind of agree with the fact that Saints were very lucky to be going into the break, only 1-0 down. But then actually, there is a question mark over Harry Kane's goal. I mean, <laughs> was it offside? 
Oh, mate, I, I, I can't, I can't, I don't know. I, I literally, I haven't watched it enough. I think yeah. I've watched it only twice. And to be honest with you, there's so much fucking crap around goddamn offside, VAR, is it, isn't it? Like, Blade of Grass, it was, it was his toenail. I, I, I don't care anymore. If the ref says it's a goal at the moment, fine, it's a goal. I, yeah. I, I'm absolutely destroyed with the decisions that have gone against us this season. And frankly, just watching even just neutral matches, it, mm. it's, a, it's a farce at the moment. It's a complete farce. No one knows what to do. And, and VAR, God, bring it on. But I think it's just going to cause even more confusion. I mean, someone like Kevin Friend, who is the referee. He's swept. Uh, on Saturday, I mean, he really could do with an awful lot of VAR help. I mean, well, just just open his goddamn eyes. I mean, Sissoko headbutts. I mean, I know there are many other things, but the, for me, like the black and white issue is like you headbutt a player, get off the pitch. Like, and <laughs> Ryan Bertrand gets a yellow card for basically like you know giving a bit of crap. You know, oh yeah, Nathan, his Nathan chest. Redmond. Yeah, I mean, it's no, crazy. Sorry, Nathan yeah. Redmond. Because um, so Soko, what he'd raked his studs down the back of Nathan Redmond's uh, calf. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then Redmond gave him like a little bit of oh, what's that about? Then he shoved Nathan Redmond really hard and then headbutted him. And so yeah. for his three offences. Uh, and Redmond's kind of like half of one offence, they mm. get the same punishment. Well, and then exactly. Yang, Yang Vertonghen kicks Josh Sims in the head. But yeah. I think because it's in the area, he thinks, well, I can't possibly give, give a penalty, penalty for a high that. foot. Oh, can't give a penalty. Oh, yeah. God, that would involve me having some cojones or know what the fuck I'm doing. It's it's absolutely, ast- it's astoundingly horrendous. I mean, if we're, if we're really, really fighting for our lives, you know, in like two weeks' time, in this level of, and it's going to happen because mm. the the pressure hasn't lifted. You know, Carter's still freaking one. There's still two, only two points between us, and we, you know, that it, it's just it's VAR ain't going to help. You know, and you get a Vertonghen literally taking someone's head off. Look at the rule book. You know, it, it's so simple. It's that simple. And it, it drives me completely crazy up the wall. And refs are... Because I don't want to... You know, you look at lower league refs, right? And they get so much shit. It's disgusting, you know. And there is, is it ever a wonder why these poor little guys that want to get involved in the game... And then they're like, oh, okay, the abuse that I suffered today, Sunday League, I'm not going to do it again. Is, is it any wonder that, that we, we don't have a decent structure of referees coming through this country? No, of course it's not. Um, so the rules should protect them, but they don't officiate properly because they don't follow the rules properly. So we're going to bring in VAR. Is that going to help anyone? Probably not because it's still down to ego yeah. and uh, and and it, it it's yeah sorry I'm I'm ranting but my my point is that I don't really like refs I don't even, anyway I don't, yeah William let's do this let's move on we've moved okay. on from the first half I'm we've sweating mo- now we, we've moved on from the referees performance we can put those both behind us and now we can just focus on what was a pretty sensational 45 minutes from Southampton yeah absolutely yeah you know, as you touched on it earlier Ralph Hasenhutel does some sort of incredible halftime team talk he puts Josh Sims on. He puts on Shane Long. He takes off Oriol Romeo and uh, Charlie Austin. And I think, you know, when you're putting on Sims and Long and taking off Romeo and Charlie Austin, that is saying one thing. Speed in yeah. big block capital letters. <laughs> and my word, what a difference it made. You know, just yeah. transformed Southampton. And, you know, Pochettino talked about 
his side being arrogant and not, you know, respecting Southampton and, and taking mm. the foot off the gas. But I don't think that's what happened. I think Southampton came out of the blocks in the second half like a totally different team and a team that is good enough to challenge, you know, the top six teams on their yeah. day. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Josh Sims is the absolute difference. Um, for those people that haven't really been following where he's been, what he's been up to, like outside of Saints, they're going to be like, who the hell is this guy? He gets his head up, like passes it forward. It's as simple as that. It's a sign of what's happened to James Ward-Prowse as well. It's just get your head up, pass it forward, job done. Really, is it that simple? Yeah. And it's, <laughs> my God, you just, but like, like I said earlier, you know, they, they scored one goal. Uh, it's not enough. You can't go any team like can turn it around. You know, we've had it done against us many times this season. And for once, we were the team that did <laughs> did the opposite. You know, we did it to them. Because yeah, I mean, you, you only need a fortunate five minutes, isn't it? Right, oh, and we, <laughs> but we're all we're all fantastic. Like, there's so many fantastic players in the Premier League. They're all like they've all got there for a damn good reason. They're all high quality players. Saints have got some seriously amazing players in there. We just took our chances and just Hasenhutl made. He yeah, he's like goes in at one nil down. Right, we've still we're still in this. It's not like we're three nil down. We could be, but we're not. These are the changes I'm going to bring in. I've got two, three, four players on the pitch that believe in what I'm doing and we can totally do this. And we did. And it just blew my mind. I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. So I couldn't watch the game. I was listening to it on the radio and listening to Dave Merrington. God, what a legend. Love that man so much. And it was just, I was (laughs) putting up, um, putting up my daughter's new cot. She's turned seven months now. And um, I was in a little daze actually. When when we when James Will Prowse scored, I I celebrated. I was like, I'm going to allow myself to do this. I'm going to celebrate, and it, it just you just thought we're going to do it as well, you know, because there was enough time on the clock to screw it up. But we completely stuck in there, and we absolutely did the business. And Josh Sims, he's going to start surely. He's got to start, you know. Well, I mean, the BBC had him as man of the match, and <laughs> yeah. you know. Uh, it's it's hard not not to argue, you know, with, with it. I mean, he he was basically the impetus that, that mm. just changed the game. You know, Ralph Hasenhutl's halftime team talk, and you know all of that. And I've got a, another one here, which leads us nicely onto the email from Jason Dickey. So, I mean, yep. he's been emailing a lot over the past few games, and um, what does Hello, he write Jason. in this email? Just in block capitals, Josh Sims. Yeah, no fear. No yeah. fear, go for it. Like, Hasenhut was completely put his money where his mouth is. Right, you can play. I've seen what you've done. I've looked at you. I've studied, like, what you've been doing. Was it at Birmingham or Reading? I can't remember which. He, he was at Reading. But, I mean, funny enough, um, like, Ralph Hasenhut mentioned that, didn't he? He said, like, you know, Josh Sims, I gave him his chance. I, I didn't know what he could do. I needed to see him in a Premier League game because... Yeah he hasn't had the chance to impress me because he was away at Reading. He didn't know what he could do. Yeah. And, you know, wow. I mean, there's another player that suddenly you have in your squad. And yeah, I know. It's like a new signing. It's like, it's wonderful. And it's like, you know, we've all been screaming about it, haven't we? It's not like this new revelation. We have all been like this time last year and all that Sam Gallagher and all this kind of stuff. We've all, we've all known about these players, even to a certain extent, James Will Prowse. It's just for some reason, like he's he's instilled something within them. I don't mm. know. So you can put your arm around a player, right, and you can go, "I believe in you. You can do this," and they all then have the capability of going out and doing it. But 
actually doing it turns out to be quite a different thing and christ almighty what a difference uh whether or not like you said because i know when we we did all right against man united and we started so poorly against tottenham whether or not josh sims is going to start again our next match and we'll be straight out of the blocks and just blow teams <laughs> blow teams away it's an exaggeration but whether or not that's going to you know uh, relate to what we're going to do in the next match is another thing completely but what we do know is that we have match winning players now and that you can't ignore that and we are too good to go down right now i mean christ almighty yeah, well, we're going to be having a little review of Cardiff and Burnley's fixtures and looking at our fixtures running into into the season. But you've got to say, if we continue to play like we have in the last three games, then we really shouldn't be struggling, mm. um, you know, to get the points that's going to need to to get us over the line. Um, just another couple of things that Jason Dickey mentions in his email as well. He puts after his Josh Sims shouting, you know, James Will Prowse and Jan Valerie as well, and then mm. goes on to ask the question with Ralph Hasenhutel at the helm. Um, do we actually need to spend money in the transfer market? You know, look at the way he's transforming players and oh giving young players no, no, no. a chance. We do. Absolutely, we do. I mean, look, look, we can get carried away with all this, but these players need support. These players need, yeah, yeah, Jan Valery, uh, Walprouse and um, Sims. They're all fantastic players, but they've played 45 minutes of electric football. We need an entire season here, uh, you know, of, of electric football. And that's not just going to come from uh, rubbing and polishing up a few players. Rubbing? That sounds a bit weird. But polishing up a few players that we have, we need to go out there and be bold. And I'm not saying like we need to spend billions and millions and trillions of pounds, but we need to we need to sign a, a goddamn goal scorer. Because we can't keep relying on a, a left-back scoring, a right-back scoring a beautiful wonder goal, and James mm. Will Prowse having a beautiful purple patch. No, Jason, we, we need to go out and spend some money. And I'm not, look, I'm, when I say going out and spending money, I don't mean that like just stupidly. Oh, yeah, we need, we need to spend £20 million on a player. It doesn't matter who it is, we just need to spend £20 million. You know, we need to focus, even if it's £5 million, and I back, I back Southampton to, to, to make the right purchase here, but we do need to shore up the defence. We need to get a, a freaking goal scorer you know I think we're mm. doing well in midfield but we need a goal scorer to give our defence to, to just take the pressure off off everybody else you know you know there's no point in shouting at Vestergaard for not scoring like a sitter when our goal scorers who are paid plenty can't even you know tap in from six yards or what have you you know or have got terrible hamstring inju injuries you know but anyway there we go Anyway, forgive me here. Right, I'm going to play devil's advocate with you right now. So, oh God, okay. Who needs a goal scorer? Right, this is the question yeah. because Shane Long goes off injured, um, and it's at that point that you know eventually the game turns. So Saints, without a recognised striker on the pitch, um, go and then get two goals against Tottenham Hotspur and turn the game around. Mm -hmm. Perhaps. With Ralph Hasenhutl's style of football, the attacking press, the dynamic, constantly chasing, you know, pushing players, perhaps actually the best way for us to, to do this is, is to play with one of those teams where you just have lots of attacking players who are not necessarily recognised goalscorer. You know, have players like Sims, like Redmond, like James mm. Ward-Prowse, like Stuart Armstrong, you know, who can harry players, run at defenders, 
can score goals despite not being recognised goal, goal scorers. I mean, you look yeah. at Charlie Austin. He is a recognised goal scorer. He is a man that can finish goals. Okay, he's not been doing it particularly well recently. Yeah. But, you know, under Ralph Hasenhutl, would you rather have the kind of Redmond type, the Sims type, you know, the attacking, fast, dynamic players? Why don't you just flood the eleven? With those sorts of players and just because, run the teams ragged. Well, yeah, that's great. That's fantastic. But then you're negating the fact that we need to say, we need to we need to stay consolidated in the midfield. We need absolute someone who can protect the back four, five, you know. And then we need, you know, if you do that, it's well and good. Like believe me, and it's great to have those attacking options. But you 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 you're kind of running into the danger of having too many attacking players in in the midfield. We're getting overrun, talking about the pressing game, who presses, who holds, who defends. Do we have enough players of that calibre to do both pressing and attacking? And then you're looking at players that are just beyond our, I don't know, remit. Um, Mm. I think Ward-Prowse is, if we could duplicate Ward-Prowse, I think maybe, but I can't believe I'm saying that because of the turnaround he's made. But you're, you're you're asking too much, I think. I mean, look, I get it. Don't get me wrong. Like, I think it's a one in a in a fantasy world. It's fantastic to have like the equivalent of four Nathan Redmonds, but it's not going to happen. It's just it, and I, I I think the reason we're looking at that now is because we've been so uh, unlucky with us with our strikers of late that we've had to. Force ourselves to look at the attacking midfield options, and we almost and if, out of necessity rather yeah, than a, a great exactly. desire to instill a particular style of play. Well, yeah, who who wouldn't chew their freaking hand off for a Graziano yeah. Pella right now? Just someone who could just get the ball in the back of the net, who's a big lad, a, a, a focal point, you know. Um, I suppose as well, it's always good to have a plan B. So you know, even if you are going to go for a particular yeah. style, it's never a bad thing to actually have a centre forward who can do all the things that a centre forward does. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to bring on to another um, email from a listener, this, was this time from Graham Frampton. Frampton. He is talking about the win against Fulham, the fantastic performance against United, and of course um, the win against Spurs as well. Um really impressed with the introduction of Sims and Armstrong in the game against Spurs and thought those two plus Prousey and Valerie really did the business um, mm. as they did against Manchester United as well he's seen the team playing with a new sense of togetherness that is not seen in the earlier mm. matches yeah I'd, yeah I'd, I'd agree with that to, yeah I mean t- togetherness um, plus results is is meaningful I think togetherness and and nearly winning is just pathetic and annoying uh, no, sorry, pathetic's a hard word. I think just annoying <laughs> is yeah. the right word, you know, hence uh, Man United, but yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he picks out so many positives, but also thinks that perhaps Sims could be the kind of player that could help Redmond out, you know, how he gets frustrated Absolutely. with Redmond being stuck up there on his own, you know, when he's broken away. And I think we saw that against Tottenham as well, you know, Sims was breaking with speed. So was Stuart Armstrong, to be fair to, to him as well, you know, attacking yeah. in numbers, which gives you options, you know. Well, look, we invested in the player, like he's not Armstrong isn't a youth academy product. Like he's we've we bought that chat with a with a direct uh, you know vision to to get the best out of him, and we had that. There was a spell not so long ago where he was really firing, and we should absolutely totally stick with him. You know, there's no you know there's there's no reason for us not to, and he he showed that in the second half. He did well. Right. So next thing. Rest of the season, who are oh, our relegation rivals? Do you think is it just uh, is it yikes. just are there just three of us fighting over that? 
that last <laughs> possession in the relegation zone. I mean, well, surely really... Huddersfield and Fulham are, are gone now, aren't they? Yeah, Huddersfield they and Fulham are, are. Yeah, no, they're 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 done, aren't they? I mean, there's no there's no way someone comes back from that. I mean, that would take a monumental Nigel Pearson effort, Leicester style. But um, it's Cardiff. The bastards keep winning. You know, just when you think they're down and out, they keep coming back. I mean, I think it started with us as well, be- beating us. Uh, I think they've had like maybe three wins in the last four or five games. It's yeah, quite it's astonishing form, it's un- isn't it? It's unfair. It's unfair. It's, dis- it's, it's outrageous. Don't they know who they are? Uh, how dare they? And I think it's... God, I just get... Everyone keeps bloody winning in Newcastle yesterday. Like, yeah. okay, Everton are just an absolute shambles. I don't know how... how what how they are where they are but there you go and brighton again winning two one really drove me completely and utterly up the wall i just think you can't you cannot keep saying we've got you know we've got we're too good to go down with mm. there's no way southampton just got too much in the locker cheers alan shearer or jermaine genus or whoever that this just no at the moment it's completely open we could have two games where the wheels you know come off and Again, everyone keeps winning. Cardiff, Burnley, Brighton, whoever. And you just, I mean, how we've, we've, we've beaten Spurs at home and I gave us no chance. It's a, it's a wonderful leg up. But Brighton won, didn't they? You yeah. know, Cardiff won. So it, there's, it's just about keeping your head above water. That's how it feels at the moment. And as, yeah. As, yeah, as positive as it is, it's still we're only still like two points out of this. Like, I mean, it's 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 a massive relief actually to come out of that game against Spurs with the three points because huge. you know if you're looking at the live league tables on Saturday afternoon for most of Saturday afternoon we were back in the relegation zone and yeah it, it just feels so much more positive to be you, outside and, and it, you'd have thought with those performances if we hadn't been out of the relegation zone you'd just be thinking oh is it, are we just unlucky you know yeah. Um, so, so let's let's should we have a look at Saints fixture list? So we've got eight games left in the Premier yeah, League. Yeah, long long gap now, isn't there? Yeah. Long break. Yeah, yeah long long break because of uh, Watford uh, playing in the FA Cup um, quarter finals. So we missed that game, which I think would have been next weekend, is uh, now postponed, and they've still not got a date for it. Um, yeah. But so you know, these are the eight games. I think we probably need eight points. So you know, eight draws or you know maybe three wins or yeah. two draws to two wins something like that from from these eight games so we've got Watford away and Watford are looking very strong we've got Brighton yeah. away that's a big opportunity oh, I think God. Yeah. we've got Liverpool at home that's going to be tough with them really focusing on trying to win the title for the first time in about a bazillion years hmm. we've got Wolves at home again Wolves been looking fantastic this season Newcastle away Jesus Christ Bournemouth at home West Ham away and then Huddersfield at home on the last day of the season. John, it's those last three games. I mean, genuinely, you, you read that out. I'm Southampton terrified. against Bournemouth at home. Yeah. Saints away to West Ham. Yeah. And then Saints at home to Huddersfield. Those last three games. We should we should be able to pick up a few points in those three games, well, shouldn't we? To me, I reckon those last three games will win all those. Because those the the, the previous, you know, five are just a, absolute shocker Watford away yeah okay if you you know if we're lucky we'll get a nil nil or something but Brighton oh my god like that that's terrifying <laughs> it really scares the shit out of me that one because we we fuck up against Watford Brighton win and or whoever wins Burnley and Cardiff win again 
and we're cut adrift. And and then we've got to go to Brighton and do the, the do mm. the business. Oh my god! I, I know it sounds negative because we've been to Old Trafford and we've proved our worth and we've beaten Spurs and anything's possible under Harsen Hootel. But this is going to be so close. There's no. Oh my god! You know it's terrifying. So, so should we have a look at the Brighton last eight fixtures? I mean, they're only three yeah. points ahead okay, of us, but go. with that game coming up, I think you know if we were to win at Brighton, then that would kind of drag them right back into it, wouldn't mm. it? So, um, well, the game they've got postponed is home to Cardiff City. They've got us um, at home as well. They've got Tottenham away. They've got Bournemouth at home. They've got Wolves away. They've got Newcastle home. They've got Arsenal away and they've got Man City at home. I think Brighton have got enough winnable home games there to mm. see them safe. So yep. I don't think they're going to get relegated. Let's look at Cardiff. Brighton away, Chelsea home, Man City away, Burnley away, Liverpool at home, Fulham away, Palace at home, and then Man United away. Mm, Cardiff, that's tough for Cardiff. That's tough. I mean, four games there Mm. against, you know, I know Man United aren't quite in the top four yet, but you'd almost expect to be. You've got Chelsea, Man City, Liverpool and Man United in the mix of their last eight fixtures. That's that's tough on Cardiff. That's probably that's probably a tougher fixture list than Saints. Just yeah. should we look at Burnley? Let's Le- do it. Leicester at home, Wolves at home, Bournemouth away, Cardiff at home. Then they have Chelsea, Man City, Everton, and Arsenal in the last four games. For Burnley, I think that's easy they, for Burnley. Yeah, I don't. If Burnley make themselves safe in the next four games, which is quite conceivable, you know they they could be out of trouble. But you know, again, yeah. if if yeah, Leicester have the Brendan Rodgers bounce. Wolves perform well. well you know, Bournemouth yeah. have a good game, and then Sunday they're looking to get points out of a what, tricky run what, of fixtures. But what you've got to really think about here is the last three matches. Most teams are safe, right? So it's it's big fat. We're on the we're on the beach. You know, Lilo's mm. out. Flip flops are on. There's so many teams that are going to be like, screw it, blah blah blah, and, and it's it's whoever wants it. So we're lucky because we've got West Ham who are going to be out of it. Huddersfield will be relegated. And I can't remember the last third Bo- fixture. I think Bournemouth will be so safe and Bo- Bournemouth will be safe. Yeah, exactly. And and I'm not saying like there are friendly South Coast rivals, mm. but they are because most of us like Bournemouth. Um, and I can see that's, I think we'll get nine on our last. But when you look at Burnley, that they'll do that. They'll do it. They'll, they'll survive, you know, Brighton, Okay, so it's Cardiff, isn't it? Really, it's, it's, we're we're hoping Cardiff. I mean, that's a pretty sad goddamn state of affairs. Mm. But it is their their my, fixture list is tougher. My, yeah, so I mean, they've got four games which are going to be very tough against those, you know, top six teams. But then you know their other four games are potentially winnable. You know, Brighton mm, away, exactly. Burnley away. I mean, obviously Cardiff would love for those fixtures to be at home. And you never but, know what Cardiff. But Fulham away do. at Craven Cottage, I expect Cardiff to win that, and I'd expect Cardiff to beat Palace at home as well. But yeah, but this is the problem: is that you never know what Palace are going to do. You, you you never know what Cardiff are going to do. It's just the worst, most topsy turvy season ever. Because we've beaten Palace away this season. Palace screwed up yesterday against Brighton. Mm. You just no, you don't know. Like 
Palace are going to go and beat Man City. It's so unpredictable and it's terrifying. It's terrifying. I'm, I'm, my, literally, the microphone's practically shaking in my hand at the prospect of where we're going to be in five, six weeks' time. You know, we're going to be back down the that pub in London Bridge, like crapping ourselves as we finally get a late winner against Huddersfield or something. You know, it's too much to it's too much to handle. And if any of us think this is going to be like, oh, it's all right, we've got two points on Cardiff, we've got Hart and Hootall. James Will Prowse is scoring goals now. We'll be fine. You're you're massively naive. This is going to be a a, a run in, a real run in. Like it's going to be freaking close. It's going to be hideously horribly close. I'd like to be proved wrong. Believe me, but I, it, the the fixtures list, list that you just read out to me just suggests that it's between us and Cardiff. Mm. You know, it's, it's that simple, and that's depressing. And I just hope to God that Harson Hoot can get his headlocks out and in a sinister <laughs> slash friendly way and do his, do his job. And James Will Prowse just keeps scoring free kicks for fun. Yeah, I mean, it's quite funny because it seems that when we get a run of fixtures, we, we play better and the breaks haven't done us particularly much good recently. Um, no, no. So, you know, the fact that we have got a three-week break until we play Brighton... Is that is mental, not, isn't it? Not not Three that welcome. Weeks. I yeah. know it's, it's, they're internationals or something in between. Yeah, them. yeah. Like, I, I fully expect James Will Prowse to be getting an England call up. I think after his form. I mean, what has it been? Yeah. Six goals in nine games. or Six something? in nine, yeah. and there's no one really else that's sparkling like for me. And I, mm. I think like you know, blah blah blah. Sterling's doing a wonderful job. He's completely different position. Like other than that, you'd be like, who in midfield? Yeah, it's really I setting mean, it's the t- world on fire. Top. Uh, Top English goal-scoring midfielder in the Premier League this season, James Ward-Prowse. And, and it's happened not, under Harsenhutl. Yeah, and it's not just like the free kicks and stuff. It's what he's doing off the ball. It's how he's just completely transformed. And Gareth Southgate is going to... He'll pick him because he's he's been with James Ward-Prowse, you know, as as long as he's been at Saints and and worth looking at. And he's he's been there. And right. I just hope I hope to God that he follows through because the under twenty what Gareth did at the under twenty ones for for James Will Prowse was fantastic. You know, I think that's probably part of the reason that we stuck with him for so long because other people have seen the potential. And I think he'll get a call up, mate, and I mm. I will be super freaking happy. I think we all will, won't we? Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think he definitely deserves it. He's worked for it. Um, William, I'm aware that you need to get going again. Yeah. So um, I think we should have a couple of shout-outs uh, before we end the podcast. The first one, I think we need to give a little bit of a shout-out for ex-Saint Dusan Tadic for his demolition of Real Madrid in the week. <laughs> yeah, that's freaky. That was I mean, weird. That was astonishing stuff. Uh, you know, I'm very pleased for Dusan Tadic. I always thought he was a fantastic player. Yeah. You know, he's doing very well at Ajax. I mean, a blinder of a season. And to do that on the big stage against Real Madrid. Well, it's um, his swan song, isn't it? See, what, having said that, swan song is maybe inaccurate because he's still reasonably young. Um, he's it, just it, old in the Ajax side, isn't he? They've got right. an average age of about 15. He's you know. like 22. Yes, it's yeah. insane, isn't it? But it was wonderful to watch that. And to see Real Madrid go out was wonderful as well. And I think the Champions League is completely open this season. I'm so excited. I mean, I'm not a United fan in the least, but it was good to see them turn around a deficit mm. uh, in such a way, uh, probably because I'm a Lukaku fan. But yeah, the, I, I'm so excited about the Champions League this season. It, it's going to be great. And Dusan, oh my God, like he's doing that now. I mean, I know he helped us out last season with that really weird toe poke freak goal and he's got it in his locker, but couldn't, how 
why didn't we see this or how didn't a manager get this out of him before? Oh, freaking hell. It just drives you crazy, right? Well, I, d- I think you've got to say that Ronald Koeman did have quite a lot out of Deuce and Tadic. Yeah, I okay. First Fair season yeah. with Tadic and, and Pella was pretty wonderful as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's something about Mane as well. God. Yeah. Um, the, the other shout out I want to give is to Franny Benali, who's just announced his next Legend. challenge. Unbelievable. The Iron Fran. <laughs> He's mental. Is it seven Ironmans in seven days? Yeah, he's, oh my God, it's crazy. I mean, I always thought that Eddie Izzard was mental doing like how many marathons it was day after day after day. This is beyond anything. Like I look at an Ironman challenge and I have to sit down and have five beers like Freddie from Ugly Inside. It's like completely insane. Yeah. So um. Anyway, good luck. Good luck to Franny Benali, um, and all your training. I hope that goes really well. William, thank you very much for joining us after My getting pleasure. back from Sri Lanka. Good yeah, to have you back in the can country. I, can I give a, a just shout out to everyone who's ever been to? Sorry, every anyone who's ever travelled to Sri Lanka. Go back. Keep going there. They need your money. It's a beautiful goddamn country. And if you haven't been to Sri Lanka, oh my god. It's astonishingly beautiful. The people are gorgeous. Keep going. And and travelling with a young baby as well, and that wasn't an issue. Yeah, they, li- they it's, it's amazing. Travelling with a young young kid, you, you're kind of a little bit nervous, but then you get there and everyone takes the child from you and you just chill the freak out. You're like, go to a restaurant and they come up and go, oh, do you want us to look after your baby? Yes sunbathing do you want to look after your baby yes they they love kids out there it's absolutely amazing anyway i'm sound kind of weird but i'll tell you what the flight out there was another thing that was horrific like she did not (laughs) want to sleep at all and then like the steward the air stewards and stuff were absolutely incredible oh my god i i thought i was gonna die like literally screaming baby for nine hours Oh, that's like serious, like, like, um, was it the longest nine hours of your life? Oh my God. Yeah. Like cold war torture. It was horrific. Honestly, John, I thought I was going to have to just punch a hole in the window, take everyone out with me. Um, (laughs) just to end the crying and to end the cry. Oh my God. I don't recommend the flight, but get your ass to Sri Lanka. Okay, well, there we go, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for listening. Once again, if you do want to get into contact with the Saints FC podcast, you can do it at saintsfcpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Saints FC Podcast. I've been John Bailey. It's Chiro from me. And. But, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Goodbye from me as well, professional. There we go. <laughs> Job done, mate. <laughs>